Good Monday morning on a very cold day here in Middle Tennessee. Hope that you're warm and safe wherever you are. This is part two from last week. Last week's really hit a nerve. Uh, well over 3,000 views. Almost overwhelmingly thanking me, but there were several who's, who thought, well, <clears throat> perhaps Patrick has never owned a Bible. Perhaps he's never read the scripture. That's always interesting to me. You know, I've made my life talking about the scripture, reading it, taking it apart, but everybody assumes, well, you missed the magic verse. So let's talk more about this. There were only a few, and I don't question their motives at all, or their sincerity, or their salvation. You know, they're my brothers and sisters in Christ, period. We're saved by grace, all of us. But a few of them wanted to take me to task. They would go through, uh, they used between six and 11 different books of the scripture written to different places, different people, by different authors, in different cities that had different cultures. And then they'd grab these verses from all of these different places, slam them together and go, oh, this proves God abhors musical instruments in his new worship, even though he ordered them in the old. And they'll use things like, he also ordered sacrifices in the old and we're not killing animals anymore. And on the surface, that can actually sound like an okay argument <clears throat> until you realize nobody got there on their own. Everybody who got to the position that said you couldn't use instruments, that they were sinful or unwise in any way, <clears throat> got there by, by people who, when they went back in Scripture, they were reading what they wanted to find. We need to talk about that word. There's a word for this. It's called scholasticism. And all churches do it to some degree, which means all individuals do. I'm sure I do as well. If I find something I think is offensive, but I'm not sure what God says, but I go on a hunt in scripture to find a way to show I'm right and that's offensive. That's called scholasticism, where you've got your mind made up or you're hurt or there's an emotional involvement. And then you go to the scripture to get your ammunition. Uh, Catholics, who are our brothers and sisters, we're not mocking them at all here, but Catholics did that with the virginity of Mary, to where she ended up being a virgin, a virgin her entire life, even though scripture says she had other children. Uh, they'll say, well, those, that, that word means cousins, or Joseph brought those kids in too. Or, and then they, they made her also virgin born. And all of this took over a thousand years to get done. But it was because of where they were, they had to read that back in scripture. And the same with the instrumental music question. There was um, pretty much always an understanding that our worship was to be simple and portable. And therefore, when the uh, Roman, Roman Catholic, Orthodox Catholic, when the Catholics started in the three to five hundreds, and they started localizing it, Nobody really questioned it because they didn't really have Bibles, they never really thought about it. Um, but later on, as additions began to be made to worship and the, um, the buildings became more and more elaborate and then boom, you've got the Protestant Reformation. They wanted to go stark. I mean, there was nobody more joyless than John Calvin and John Knox. The, the, um, <clears throat> the beginner of Calvinism, named it after him, and then the, the champion of it in Scotland, John Knox, there was no joy, no laughing, nothing. Why? 
they were reacting against all of the beauty and pageantry of the Catholic Church. So they read scholasticism at work here. They read in their scripture that God wanted everything to be solemn and harsh. Well, Catholics use instruments. Well, then we will not. That's all frippery and nonsense, a kiss to whistles. Well, then after a while, they, they started using instruments because there's absolutely nothing in scripture that would oppose that. And then whenever new breakoffs occurred, very often they would react, you know, we're all simplicity here. And then they'd start adding on. Now, is that falling away from God? Here's the thing. I want my brothers and sisters to, to really think about this. If it is true that you've got to go to six to 11 different verses, uh, chapters rather, um, I'm going to say that again, six to 11 different books, grabbing verses and do a whole covenant thing and then how this synagogue and this, that and the other. And you come up with a doctrine that 99.9% .9 of God-loving, God-fearing people will never come up with because they didn't have your teachers. And you come up with something that 99.9% .9 of historians and theologians can't find in scripture. What are the odds, number one, that you're right? I know what the odds are that you got there on your own, zero, absolutely zero. You were listening to human teachers and human traditions, period. What are the odds that you're right? And here, second, what are the odds that that's a God you'd want to serve? If a God wants people to come to heaven, but only a few, and therefore designs the Bible with hidden codes and special tracts that only theologians and scholars 1800 years after Jesus's resurrection can find. And then they can only convince less than 0.1% of the believing people on earth. And that's who God wants. What kind of God would send his son down and write a hidden book that was so difficult to follow that almost everybody who loves Jesus will go to hell because they didn't catch this instrument thing that you did. That's pretty harsh, but it's true. Plus, <clears throat> it's, it, the people will say, haven't you ever read the scripture? It says, sing and make melody in your heart. That's the only way that God will accept music today. Well, that's fascinating to me, several levels. And, and we could argue about that, but <clears throat> I just want to put this to you. Why do you pay attention to the first part and not the second? If when he says sing, he means only sing, no clapping, no piano, no guitar. And then he says, make melody in your heart. How are you going to make melody? The heart's not a musical instrument. It's not melodic. The only sounds it makes are usually undetected by the human ear. Sing and make melody in your heart. If you're taking the first bit, literally, this is it. Argument from silence. You've got to do the second part as well, which makes this an impossible verse. All he's saying is when you sing, mean it. When you sing, think about it. I remember when I was a boy, I went up to my dad and I said, one of our songs, it has this line that we were singing tonight. I'm tired, I'm weak, I am worn. I said, I don't feel that way. He said, then don't sing it. 
It was a real dumb moment for me. He went, you're right. And I still get a little antsy sometimes when people want to sing Sweet Hour of Prayer because I rarely spend an hour in prayer in one block. There are people that can do that all day long, but uh, I have spiritual attention deficit disorder or something. So I, I don't really sing that song and make melody in my heart. It doesn't really work. It's not an act of worship. It's not an honest act of worship to God. We even had an old song, and maybe some of you remember it, started off um, where there was uh, all of self and none of thee, and then some of self and some of thee, then less of self and more of thee, and it ended up none of self and all of thee, God. I gotta tell you, I sang the first few verses with enthusiasm, but I kind of mumbled through the rest because I'm singing and it's gotta mean something here. That's all he's asking. He's not saying, and make sure that nobody is tooting or strumming a chord or uh, working on an organ. The verse doesn't work like that. You can't make the first part work and the second part work in the same way. So what are we gonna do about this? Just as we, uh, I kept pleading during my series on Revelation, which is available on this page as well. Please, you're not that special. I'm not that special. I'm not gonna find something in scripture that 99.9% .9 of all God-fearing, God-loving people, historians and theologians that have made their, the Bible their life's work missed. I'm not gonna find that. And if I did, God didn't put it there because God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is not Loki, the trickster God of the Norsemen. He's not trying to fool us into thinking we're saved, but we miss the bit about the piano. My God is not like that. He is not Loki. He is not Thor. He is not Zeus. He is God and God is love. Next week, new subject on who told you that? God bless. Stay warm.